New card. What do you think? Get over here! That man is playing Galaga. I understood that reference. You shall not pass! So say we all. So say we all. Run with me. It's adamantium tasting time, boys. Well, maybe it's your number one. All wings report in. to your weekly interval. This is the Best Damn Nerd Show. I am your host, Microphone Alchemist and Jedi Master James Kincaid. With me tonight, Imperial Commissar Jeff Budd. You can't just be a Jedi Master when it suits you. Uh, I can, just as uh, I can be a fan of certain things in the Star Wars universe and call out the stink when I see it, Jeff. We are going to be joined by at least... Force doesn't work that way. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Anyway, uh, we will be joined by more nerds uh, later on in the episode. This will overall be our best damn nerd show Christmas uh, episode. I'm very excited to to do a Christmas episode on this this new rendition of the best damn nerd show. It's it's the holiday season, you know. It's just it's such a happy time. Yeah, yeah. Seasons greetings, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Nerdosphere. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's it's great. We got some special stuff planned, topics to be discussed about the season. Mostly happy. Uh, I think there will be a little family infighting, though, which, hey, that's the holidays, bitch. Sometimes uh, sometimes there's some arguments when family gets together. But for this first segment, Jeff and I are the only ones that have done their homework and watched the season two finale of The Mandalorian. We're the only ones that are fully caught up. And uh, I want to take just a quick moment to talk about the penultimate episode of the season before we get right into the finale. What did you think of that one, Jeff? Because that was one of my favorites, honestly. Wait, that was with Bill Burr, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it. It got me to thinking, like, how established the Empire probably still is in the galaxy. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the things I kind of appreciate about The Mandalorian is that it's taking world building lore that already exists in sort of the prequels and that weird in between time between the prequels and the rebels, and then also expanding upon what's going on post Jedi. And it's like, yeah, the galaxy is a big place. I mean, not everything is resolved immediately after what Luke and company did. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely uh, agree with that sentiment. It's made in a lot of respects, the star Wars universe once again, feel as big as it did when we just had, you know, the original trilogy and the expanded universe books and stuff like that, at least for me growing up, you know, reading those, it just, it all seems so vast. And then I think the more, you know, with like a prequel or certain things, the more you sort of try and color things in sometimes it, it weirdly makes it feel smaller. And that, that's why I think once, when sometimes you try and get too cute and connect everything together, you're doing yourself a disservice to your world that you've created because it's like, well, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Yeah, so th- that is something I definitely appreciate about The Mandalorian. Uh, I loved the the second to last episode of the season. It might be my favorite of, of the season. I think that all those characters that were in it got to really shine and do some cool stuff. I was extremely impressed with Bill Burr, uh, Miggs Mayfeld character. Yeah. I loved the the sit down with that Imperial officer and just sort of, it was Rogue One-esque in terms of a little little. Uh, little gray area in terms of what they're trying to flesh out in the Mandalorian and what 
Mando was willing to do for the child to take off his helmet uh, was was a big moment. Yeah, I had flashes to I think it was our first Mando episode where John and Tim were talking about, you know, what it would take for him to take off his helmet and how it has to be like this big penultimate moment and everything like that. It's like I thought I thought that worked. I, I, mean, thought, I, I thought, thought it, that was really well done, and I liked Bill Burr's character's reaction to all of that and everything. I thought all of that worked out nicely. It worked out perfectly because the conversation leading up to it, in terms of what he, you know, sort mm-hmm. of teasing, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to compromise to get your kid back? Yeah. And afterward, look, all these guys are dead. I never saw your face. You're fine. And then the the very end of it, when yeah, he's like on the hologram talking to Moff Gideon, and it's it's the final lines like he, he means more to me than you'll ever know. And I know he's parroting what Moff Gideon said before, but really it, it's true because he betrayed his entire belief system for this child. And that's that's how much he means to him. So that was really, I thought, just a phenomenal episode. Yeah. And that takes us to the the season finale of Mandalorian season two. Uh, overall thoughts on the on the, the episode. I thought it started off not so hot and then it ended strong okay i i liked the cold now when you say start off not so hot i liked the cold open of the slave one uh chasing down the shuttle and sort of oh no i guess i should say i don't care for the first half of the rescue okay and then i liked it about the point where mando was going against moff gideon okay on. got it got yeah. it yeah, because I, I really Also, dude, enjoy- we're going to assemble a super team in season two and we're not getting Timothy Oliphant. I was so disappointed. Dude, uh, especially it's like, you know, I hope to see it, you know, down the road or whatever it was they said. It's like, yeah, us too. You know, let's let's bring him along. If I thought, if I mean, I thought that's what that down. dialogue meant is boom. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll I, see I, you. I did too. We'll see you in the customary Mandalorian team up season yeah. finale. Yeah, the crossover spectacular at the end. You know, we all come together. That's the whole to point of doing the- this. I, I completely agree that it was he was conspicuous by his absence. I, I don't know why they didn't they didn't bring him in. I would have loved to have seen his interaction with Boba Fett too, not having the armor. I was waiting so, for those two to come across each other. Yeah, so that was that was curious to me. Boba Fett's involvement in this episode overall was curious to me in general, uh, in Dude, his lack of so involvement. Lame. Also, like I'm gonna just be honest, man. I didn't want some little superhero team of just a bunch of girls. Like, I thought that was lame. <laughs> I <laughs> It was Mando and a bunch of girls. And the girls, like, it wasn't even dramatic. They were just walking in a straight line, shooting at yeah. stormtroopers. I feel that people only know about stormtroopers now based on memes and conjecture. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen the original movies anymore. Because yeah. they're not they're not that weak. Yeah. And if you watch no. how Han, Chewie, Luke, and Leia used to fight them... At least take cover. Can we have that? Can you hide behind something rather than just stand in the middle of the room? Yeah, they won't even do that. And it's not even the girls in this one. It's everyone who's faced a stormtrooper on the Mandalorian series so far. Every Correct. time. Well, even even the like even Boba Fett e- had that time where he just wrecked shop, and it's like it's cool that he did it. But I mean, come on, dude. Nobody was able to stand a chance. Nobody at least is able to run away and avoid him. I did not like even the line in season one when Bill Burr said, hey, wise ass, I wasn't a stormtrooper. You know, I didn't even I didn't even like that because it was, again, crapping on these elite shock troopers of the Imperial, uh, you know, armed forces. 
And I, I didn't I didn't care for, the, for for that in in the slightest. I totally get what you're saying. Uh, and I, I will get into that in a moment. I did want to say, though, I really did enjoy the cold open, though, with Slave One chasing down the shuttle. I thought yeah, the visual of Boba Fett coming up, uh, you know, cockpit to cockpit was pretty cool. And uh, I thought that Imperial douche <laughs> that was talking trash to Cara Dune was pretty good, too. I, I, I did enjoy that quite a bit uh, in terms of them capturing the uh, whatever Dr. Pershing, the, the cloner. Yeah, uh, was I, th- I thought all that was good. But y- you are you are correct in in sort of I, I've seen a lot of the reaction uh, about this. And I'm so happy that, you know, people are, are stoked on this episode. I did not I, I like you didn't care for how easy everything came to everybody. There was like no stakes. They just they just waltzed in. And there's a point where uh, where uh, Fennec says, cover me. And she's, you know, going around doing her thing and they're not covering her all. They're all, like you said, just walking in a straight line, just killing all yeah. the stormtroopers. There was, no, there was no sense of drama, honestly, in, in the whole episode where it felt like they were losing. Not, not even when the dark troopers had them pinned down, because at that point, the dark troopers had already, in my opinion, revealed themselves to be fucking awful. Well, the, I mean, the dark, that, the dark troopers were terrible to me. That one dark trooper was punching the shit out of Mando. I think that's the only time. And I mean, I guess the Mando versus Gideon fight. I mean, it was. I, I was waiting for him to use a staff. I was like, dude, you've got a you got the staff, <laughs> and you you know the staff it's lightsabers. Like that's why you have it, right? Like, yeah. What are we waiting for here? And yeah. also another thing, how is he a Mandalorian zealot? who's like so obsessed with Mandalorian lore and the cultish behavior and doesn't seem to understand what the hell the dark saber is. Now you're preaching to the choir, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like that's weird. I almost feel like he should take it more seriously than anybody where like Katie Sackhoff's character would have been like, Hey, just give it to me. Cause well, which this other Mandalorian is loyal which, to me, which was you know? done to her in the TV show or the, or the animated show rather like another character just gave it to her. <laughs> She's like, I think this belongs to you. And she took it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I don't get it. I'll be honest. I, I haven't watched all that stuff. So, I mean, I've seen the Darksaber before, but I don't know enough about it. See, I had not coming into this show, but. Well, I, I saw yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi fight a guy with it in the Clone Wars. And I saw I saw Ren have it on Rebels. That's why I don't know where the hell it's been, where it's on this show, because I thought she had it at least going into like the the main trilogy so i don't uh, whatever it doesn't matter i guess so on on the positive side and we have to work to get there i just want to say i i did have a major nerdgasm for for some of the things that they did at the end of this episode and some well-earned emotion at the end as well but the lead up there because i i've watched it uh actually three times now uh, coming into tonight, Friday, we're recording it the day it came out because I just I wanted to make sure that I that I felt how I felt and could speak speak to it. It was a weirdly clunky written episode, in my opinion, in the early going too. like hanging a light on the fact that the Darksaber can't f- cut through Beskar when they're, they're having the, the Boba Fett, Mando and uh, uh, Katie Sackhoff and Sasha Banks Mandalorians conversation. When they're like, yeah, I can cut through anything. Well, almost anything. Can't cut through Beskar. Hint, hint, wink, wink. It's like, did we really need to do that? But I mean, I thought we've we've seen lightsabers already kind of have some difficulty with Beskar steel. I mean, it's not that it can't do it. It just takes longer. Well, that that's but that's my whole point. It's like, why even have that dialogue in there? It just was so like this. 
it oh, just didn't it didn't know. make any sense. And the whole interaction between Sasha Banks and, and Boba Fett to me was was not great. <laughs> I, Dude, I was not also, a fan. Like, yeah, I mean, Boba Fett doesn't come across to me as like somebody who's just going to get into like a big fight like that. Also, I don't think anybody should be able to kick Boba Fett's ass, honestly. And I mean, Correct. I know she didn't kick his ass, but I don't think it should be even either. Yeah, no, I agree. He's the most. He's the most. Yeah. Was the most feared in the galaxy for for a long also, time. Also, uh, would would it be common knowledge what he is? Like, I, I mean, I it made sense to me at least with Katie Sackhoff saying that she had heard his voice before, and that I liked yeah. his counterline. To that, I actually but... like that too. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. I don't think most people would know that he's a clone. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't really speak to that, but. Uh, yeah, because just how many early... people even know who the hell that Jango Fett was the the prototypical clone trooper or whatever? I don't think people know that either. Honestly, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it just it took some some doing to get going a little a little bit in this episode, and I did think that the the dark troopers were just incredible. I thought the bad guys in this kit did not come off well. I don't think Moff Gideon came off great outside of the fight. Oh. I thought he came off like a geek. This is the first time I actually liked Moff Gideon. I was really? like, okay, I'm I'm digging this guy. Yeah, I I liked it with him holding Baby Yoda hostage. I liked with him seeing seeming to be in pretty much control of what was going on as far as his knowledge and everything like that. I liked his taunting uh, about the dark saber situation when they got into the. I did like that. Yeah. The 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 bridge. Um, I'm trying to think what else I liked. Um, oh, and as far as the dark troopers go, I was thinking, you know what? Other than, are droids an effective army, or are they not an effective army? No, That's my problem dude. with Star Wars. Like, we specifically heard, and maybe it's because they were clone salesmen, saying that clones were superior to droids, but it's like, <laughs> is droid better? Tell That's me how droid's gonna, better. I was gonna do it. I was just gonna do it. But the Dark Troopers, I was thinking this, though. If the Empire is fractured and their military is much smaller than it used to be, obviously, with either defectors or just, you know, all sorts of just them losing fights now, too. That is a great way to replenish your numbers in rapid time, because once you build it, it's combat ready, it's combat efficient. And I mean, they seem pretty fearsome. I liked the look of them a little bit because I liked their faces. It made me think of their eyes and their faces kind of reminded me of a space Marines helmet from oh Warhammer yeah the space Marines. yes absolutely and i was like and i was thinking i was like man we're we're so close to like a warhammer 40k movie or show if <laughs> they wanted to do it no but i, I was like a... but i don't know if this is the right climate or anything like that. i don't know if we could even do one justice anymore we'll have to wait to see if i i didn't change, have but... a problem with the look of them they looked way cooler in Dark Forces and the other lore that I've seen them in than this. I didn't have a problem with the look. Yeah, of them. sure. I don't. Well, know I, had a, I, I had a problem with how they how they moved, how ineffective they were. How we we had the Mand or the the Mandalorian just getting punched in the head by them, like it was a rock'em sock'em robot. It just that's the, they had their guns. I rewatched to make sure I was like, oh well, maybe they didn't arm like grab their weapons yet. They had their weapons already. And one well, just punching the Mandalorian, and all the other ones in the other room are doing just punch, punch, punch. It was yeah. so stupid to me. But, I mean, think of when they were punching. I was thinking punching the Mandalorian probably would have been more effective than trying to shoot him, because I was, like, Mandalorian's neck could snap. You know what I mean? So, or he could have suffered a concussion or something. I, he was, Junk he, he was getting He was getting close <laughs> to being killed, honestly. 
I he thought. was. You know, it just, just looked stupid. Just because it, it's kind of like getting into a car accident. It's like, yeah, the car protects you from like what's around you, but it's like then you're gonna get banged up in your. It just your it looks dumb. Armor, basically. Like vi- visually, I to me, it looked bad. I wasn't that bothered by it, and then like being able to punch through a door and stuff. I was just th- it, it was kind of like facing off against a Terminator. I think it's kind of intimidating. Also, the fact that like you know they don't speak or anything, which is how I prefer my droid army anyway. I. <laughs> I find it unsettling. I think it's really creepy if you're facing off against a group and like they just don't make noise. Like it reminded me of this Warhammer book that I read where they were facing off against an army of the undead and like the army of the undead was like camped outside their castle and it's like it's this vast army but there's no sound. You know where it's like if it's a a human army, you hear conversation between soldiers, there's campfires, things like that. It's very unsettling to go against like this unliving force. And that's kind of how I feel about the droids, them just standing out there silently waiting to go into the bridge. And then just the efficiency of like, they're just going to, you know, very methodically go through to get to the door. I mean, their guns aren't going to be able to go through the door. I feel them being able to punch their way through. They've got all the time in the world, those droids. They don't mind how long it takes for them to get in there, but they're going to get through. If anything, I feel what I feel what undid them was uh, that they had to put someone over at the and end rightfully just, so bro who, i and don't get me wrong i love it but at the same time it's like man like no stakes no stakes for any of our characters it would well, have been one thing maybe if everybody was getting their ass kicked a little bit in the show and then it's like well this is what happens when a jedi knight shows up like a real jedi knight yeah yeah no that's that's good they, they they yeah no that that's a valid point i just the the the, the dark troopers had no moment outside of the, the mandalorian guys head bashed in which again visually to me just it actually made me like laugh out loud i was just like this is well it's the, the, weird the actual punching animation just looks so stupid i don't well, know i mean i just i just think it's a simple action it's better than them like changing it up or whatever i don't think a droid would do that i think a droid would do exactly the Bionic action it elbow. needs to do <laughs> and it would do it repeatedly until it gets its job done you know what i mean yeah like, like i just i just wasn't a fan a of that not going to go at different angles unless you move it that way it's just going to keep going yeah i just would have preferred i, I thought it, with the dark troopers. i thought it was kind of frightening if i was in the mandalorian's position it, it's sort of oh. terrifying that's well it's good to have that perspective uh because me watching it i was like ugh, not a, a lot of build up for these dark troopers not a lot of not a lot of delivery the duel well, i would with say Moff not a lot Gideon. of delivery they just didn't do much yeah you know what i mean like they're just why didn't they turn on their rocket boots when he flushed them out the airlock too <laughs> well i mean i get yeah i don't well and also why did they then stop and pause for a second outside the door for dramatic effect for luke yeah them then tried to bust down the door like i mean it's just kind of weird that way I was also trying to figure out how do they pick up, like, how do they sense their surroundings? You know what I mean? Like, when they became aware of Luke being on the ship, where they knew immediately uh, that our heroes were and things like that. Did Luke cast one of those mass stuns from Kator on droids? Mm Mm-mm. No? Okay. Just just throwing that out there. Because he was Listen, using some droid at its highest level. Because Luke was using good. those light side powers, though, on him. That's for you sure. Know what? He used destroy he did, droid. He, he did on the last one. He, yeah, he he was saving it. He saved it. Yeah, he was saving his force points. He, it was. It was. I was like, dude, I've played this. I've done this playthrough. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, the duel with Moff Gideon. Very well yeah. choreographed. I thought. I I really enjoyed yeah, it. I would have. I would have. Again, you talk about stakes. I would have kind of, and I know the the dark saber probably you know if he if he even gets a shot in maybe Mando's dead, 
but could we have at least gotten him wounded or something on that first sneak attack or something? I don't know. You know, he caught caught him in a in a part where he, he wasn't so I, protected. Dude, it's dangerous with Star Wars because you can't really get injured by a lightsaber. You know? Yeah, correct. It's, it's yeah, all yeah, or nothing. For sure. Yeah. I think it's at least kind of cool that we have a character who can be hit by one. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Uh, at least we've got that because otherwise, I love it's usually the sort of like Batman and blocking too with the uh, the Beskar armor. Like with how his he's cool just getting... Beskar armor, yeah, yeah. That that was the the chore the choreography of the fight. I thought was really good, and it, I in, love the adorable the... little baby handcuffs they have for baby. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw like Look at a these meme tiny about... little handcuffs. I don't. Maybe you posted this in there, but I saw a meme about the stormtroopers. Like, dude, we have baby handcuffs. Do you guys ever think that maybe we're on the wrong side? <laughs> <laughs> Those. Have you ever seen that? Um. Uh, where the baddies? Uh, no. You know the guys from Peep Show where they're. <laughs> it's like a period piece comedy where they're they're dressed as Nazis, and then one of them's like, "You see, like all our uniforms have like skulls and stuff on them. Do you think that we're the baddies?" <laughs> No, I haven't seen that. But yeah, that's well, that's stormtroopers too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of it's based off of that. So yeah. Well, that, one I of them, that... one of them punched Baby Yoda in the head last season. So it's... yeah, I wasn't a fan of that or the dialogue in that one either. Or the shooting the what was it? Was yeah. it a can? Something like something stupid like that. <laughs> I hope it wasn't a can. What's a can doing in Star Wars? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the, I think the tide sort of turned on the episode as well with, with the duel with Moff Gideon. I thought that was good. Uh, I, I like that now Mandalorian sort of has the Elder Wand, too. I, I, I enjoyed I, that aspect of it. I hope, and I mean, I don't know I don't know enough about her character or anything like that, and so I don't know what the fan base is everything, and all of, uh, like how the fan base feels about it, but I would love for Katie Sackhoff to be the villain in the next season. Yeah, I, or yes, yeah, eventually at least betray him. Or at least one, like some sort of nemesis. Because, I mean, I like I said, I really like that scene. There's a lot of tension. I, I also like the Mandalorian holding the Darksaber. I thought he looked really cool. I agree. And I, I want like that to the, be his I would like him to become out. the new Mandalore. So That's what I was thinking. I was like, I hope that's where we're going in season three. Yeah, so, and, and there are certain aspects of this that... And when I watched it again, I looked at it through the prism of this felt like a series finale more than a season finale with what what happened with with the child and everything in, in terms of just like you have Luke Skywalker showing up. He's giving away yeah. the the ob, you know, the object of his 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 kid. It felt like it's yeah. like, OK, if this if they ended it right here, that's that's a beautiful ending to this character. I just wish we had gotten one more season out of it. Like, what you know, however they escape this the next season he still has the child and he's on Mandalore or whatever kind of deal. And then you do whatever when Luke shows up and then, and then we're just done with these characters yeah. and, and it's, and it's great. Uh, but so it felt a little rushed in that sense too, I, I guess, but let, let's talk about it. Luke Skywalker showing up at the end. Um, you know, as soon as they said a, a single X wing, it's like, Oh shit. Like that's, yeah, that's fucking Luke, yeah. dude. <laughs> and little baby Yoda's ears perking up and stuff. So, yes. I mean, like, yeah, all of that was great. Uh, all of that was awesome. Yeah, what do I mean? What did you think of? I, I know he, I know he destroyed the dark troopers and everything like that. For me, Luke Skywalker's the hero of Star Wars, and I. But, I but he's I, not a superhero though. That's what I no. like about Luke in the original trilogy. Even him at his best, like when he's going against like Jabba's guys and everything, it, it's not a perfect rescue. He sure. still gets it, you know, guys still get their shots in on him and everything. Yeah, like what that. a great scene, too, by the way. Well, that's why Return of the Jedi is the shit. It is. 
Yeah. Um, but but don't get me wrong. It's like I, as I was watching it, I was like, don't critique this because this is awesome. You know, and this is what we want. It's so funny to me that a handful of minutes of Luke Skywalker doing that is just everything that the fandom wanted. It's like, just give me this. My yeah. eyes were glued to the screen. I was watching it with my wife and my brother-in-law. And so I, I just heard my wife going, it's like, Patrick's freaking out. Patrick's freaking out. <laughs> but I wasn't looking at him because my brother-in-law is a, a big Star Wars fan. But or, well, I mean, he, he really likes Star Wars, but his favorite movie is The Last Jedi. So, mm. so I not don't, a Star Wars I fan. don't grant him the title of Star Wars fan, actually, just because I let him sit and watch with me. But uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't realize what the X-Wing was at first. And so like once he saw the green lightsaber and stuff, it was a little different. I loved it. I love that R2-D2 showed up like, damn, dude, like I was just happy, man. It's just Luke Skywalker, and it's Luke Skywalker when I want to see him. Yeah, I want to see him doing Jedi shit after Return of the Jedi. I want to see him doing the Jedi Order and everything like that. I never read those books. I never read any of those comic books. It, 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 not that I wouldn't like them or anything. It's just not something that I was into as a kid. But it's like, that's what I want to explore. Give me some of that I, stuff. I've seen. And I liked how he carried himself and interacted with everybody. Yeah, no, he he was. I do wish he talked a little more, and I and I understand. I understand the position. Yeah. And look, the C, look, the CGI didn't look right. I've seen better deep fakes online, and I wish we had gotten whoever did like the Tom Cruise one and stuff like that. I was like, because I think we could have done a little bit better. Maybe they shot their load on the the crate dragon. Uh, but I'm glad that we didn't recast Luke number one. Yeah, you know, because I don't want to see anybody but Mark Hamill play that character. I just don't, and. Look, it wasn't perfect, but it still was great seeing Luke Skywalker do his thing. And like you said, people's eyes were glued to the screen. People's reaction to this. The the one thing I think that everyone or most people that are watching The Mandalorian is that it's done a great job of reuniting a pretty fractured fan base. Yeah. Is that they've, myself included, somebody that wasn't even planning on watching it. And it's like, it's just something that whether you like the prequels or don't, whether you like the sequel trilogy you're, or don't, you shouldn't, uh, or whether you're a f- crazy fanatic like me, it's like, this is the one thing that we can all sort of watch in peace and just really enjoy. And, and it, it never ceases to make me smile at least once a week and be happy to be a Star Wars fan. And, and you Luke were Sky- a Star Wars fan who had lost your smile. And yes, we're happy to have you back a, th- a thousand percent. No, a thousand percent. Yes, I, I still like what I posted after Last Jedi was a photo of Luke Skywalker looking at the funeral pyre and talking about how I was how I was done. It was it was sad and overdramatic and stupid and bleak. But yeah. th- this w- was great. It was great seeing Luke do his thing. Uh, I do wish that he had said his name. You know, I, I wish that we had just gotten a little bit more interaction out of it. You know, whether it's him saying, you know, I'm, I, yes, I am a Jedi. My name is Luke Skywalker. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And you could have Cara Dune. I thought he was going to say, like, uh, <laughs> I'm here to rescue you. That's what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> could could have said that. But you could even have Cara Dune react to the name. And she could even say, the hero of the Rebel Alliance. Or we All right, no, I'm going to stop you right now. Dude, no, Cara Dune, it, it's not a great character. And she's not a good actress. And I don't need her clumsy line reading over that scene. i'd rather she just stand there as a piece of furniture i just i was so underwhelmed by her in this episode you didn't like her swinging the gun like a barbarian i did 
like dude it's like whatever i I, I, however how how does the flashlight gun jam like they they shoot lasers it's not the first time we've heard in Star Wars saying Luke Skywalker's guns jammed when I think uh, what was he was in the he was in the trash compactor. I just think my that's guns so, jammed. I just think that's so weird. Yeah, well, Star Wars is. I mean, a, I don't know Star enough Wars about firearms, but I don't know. I what my my problem with that I, I I've seen some negative reaction to the whole gun jamming thing. I love Cara Dune. I think she's a great character, and I and I really like Gina Carano a lot. I would have preferred her just be using that badass weapon the whole time as, as opposed to her little puny blaster. That way, when it jams at a, at a key moment, it's like, oh, well, she overused it. You know, you got to it, it just it's like she barely even got to use the fucking thing. So I don't know. That was I would have I would have liked to at least have some sort of reaction to it being Luke Skywalker. But that that being said, him 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 taking Grogu saying that he would give his life to protect the child was all great. Uh, how about. How about Pedro Pascal, though? I thought he killed it. Like, when he takes off the helmet and reveals his face to the child, when Grogu touches his face and he closes his eyes, just, like, all the emotion, I thought all of that was was picture-perfect stuff. That really No, worked. I thought at that point the show is firing on all cylinders. They did a great job, and I thought we've had two episodes back-to-back with the helmet-removing scenes that just worked. Like, this is, yeah. I assume this is what Tim and John were looking for. I hope. Yeah. You know, I hope like, so. I mean, what, what else I, is there? I, yeah. What What more do you guys want? I thought I I thought it was outstanding. I thought it was very touching. I liked the relationship between those two characters, which it was I mean, sad. one, it you never saw his face. The other one doesn't talk. You know, it's like, but it works. You just, yeah, you get everything from the two of them and how they interact with each other. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see where we're going next with this series, because you can't get rid of Baby Yoda. I mean, he's. He's part of the show. He's a big bulk of it. I I wonder if he's going to come back somehow. I personally would be fine with him being gone. And then we just start doing more Mandalorian shit. But I don't know how you can have this show without also Baby Yoda. You know, like they're both the main character as far as I'm concerned. I mean, hell, John is convinced baby yoda is the mandalorian <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and wouldn't accept anything to the contrary that maybe they both could be i yeah. like i said i would have been fine well, that would be the mandalorians <laughs> yeah i guess so uh i so in terms of <laughs> pluralized loan uh i would have been fine with you know again getting another season out of having the child and if if we end things with a th- the third season and that's when we lose them, then you know then then we're done. You know that like yeah, lo- to me losing the child is sort of like at this point again a series finale moment. It's a it's a big fucking deal for what has made this show so successful. So th- that that's kind of my my thinking on that. And you know him promising that they will see each other again. I hope they pay off that promise because again, if we don't see if they don't have some type of reunion, then. I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of lame. I th- I think that we will maybe uh, at a key moment uh, some you know he'll use his force powers to save the Mando or, or what have you. But yeah, maybe I am interested to see where it's going to go. I do think we're going to Mandalore. I'm excited for for that story arc. The post credit scene though makes me think that we're going to have to wait for that. I'm a little nervous. So we got the post credit scene with Boba Fett showing up uh, to Bib Fortuna's palace now. And uh, killing a noticeably uh, larger Bib Fortuna has put on that uh, that quarantine fifteen, uh, as as it were. What did you think of the post credit scene? I mean, it was a complete no gasm for me. I didn't I didn't give a shit. It's like I a buyer sale. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I mean, the, the, I like Boba Fett, and I'm glad that Boba Fett. We're gonna get more with Boba Fett, I guess. But one, I don't see Boba Fett wanting to be in a position like that. I feel it's too stifling. You know what I mean? And then, and also, it then puts a big target on your back. And two, like, I don't really give a shit about the cartels around Tatooine and the Outer Rim. Not to that degree where I've got to now see the. Uh, the, the politics of that or anything and, and how Boba's going to what rise to power or whatever. Fuck it. Cares. He, here, here's my thing. I, w- I was fine with it as just like a post credit scene. I thought it was cool. Love Boba Fett. No, book of it, Boba, it, dude. It, but that's, that's the thing. It. The book of Boba. Is that going to replace what we're doing next season on the Mandalorian? Cause that's a no gasm for me. I love Boba no, Fett. I thought but it was I'm like very a... invested in, in Din Djarin now. No, I thought it was some sort of like a, uh... What do they call it? A uh, like backdoor pilot or whatever. Yeah, I thought that's what it could. It was that's to be. that's what I'm hoping. And it's been that's because hey, no, you're gonna kill the the goose that lays the golden eggs. No way. Mandalorian's gonna be on for uh, until Disney can't do it anymore. They're gonna they're gonna keep that going, and they're gonna make a bunch of shitty spinoffs. Wait until we start the we'll rumor right that, that, we that, that they that they had to. That's why they use CGI Luke because they hastily wrote out the child because Pedro Pascal is unhappy with having to share the screen with him. <laughs> anyway just uh as we're, we're we're running long here and we have a christmas episode to get to just your your final sort of parting thoughts on on the mandalorian season two and luke skywalker and the whole bit it was not a perfect season but i did like where we ended up and so i guess that's all that really matters also with how luke was portrayed here and how seeing him in action made me feel i am somewhat in favor of the movement to obliterate the sequels somehow and just we scorch that and we pretend they didn't happen and we go from there because i don't like the idea of the luke i know and the luke i just saw today ending up how i saw luke in the last jedi it's just it's not fair it's not it's It's not not accurate yeah absolutely right it just doesn't sync up with everything it's completely counter to the character of luke skywalker which is why mark hamill said as much all you idiots that love yeah. The Last Jedi could, should go back and read what he said. My my concern there is, though, is that they are syncing up to the sequel trilogy with the whole cloning aspect and everything like that. It's going to be, I mean, you know, I, bringing... No, but how does that necessarily sync up when clones is already a very established piece of lore in Star Wars? I mean, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's to, to clone uh, shitty Palpatine for uh, no, but shitty Rey. Yeah, but there's nothing... Uh, there's nothing that specifically spells that out. They haven't done anything that means that they have to have it linked it's up. It's true. They don't. Just they don't like have they haven't to. had anything that's discounted it either. I just. Yeah. I don't know. I like the idea that maybe yeah, we just move in another direction and they do like this alternate universe. <laughs> Everything's a multiverse now, and let's just. <laughs> and maybe that's one timeline, and that's that's the darkest timeline. And things <laughs> now that Luke found Grogu, that won't happen. Like in in that timeline, he never met Grogu. Oh, that's sad. That's a sad timeline. It, yeah, it was exactly. it, well. You saw it. it. It made you not even watch the end of that timeline. That's so. correct. Still haven't. Yeah. Uh, but on Patreon, if you subscribe to the Millionaires tier, I'll watch it with you. Uh, so Is that a real I, tier? I, uh, no, <laughs> I made oh. it up. We should make. But I, I do think, though, you know, for I, I, I did want to get some of the negatives out because there, there just were some things in this episode that I that I did not enjoy, namely the Dark Troopers. And I, I do think that uh, Katie Sackoff and Sasha Banks sort of 
took me out of it. Not as bad as the mechanic on Tatooine, but at various points, they took me out of the show a little bit. But overall, once we got the duel with Moff Gideon, like you said, they, we were we were cooking with gas, and we got some really well-earned uh, emotion, some really just well-earned payoff and to getting to see Luke Skywalker be who Luke Skywalker truly is in that period of time uh, and how he should always be portrayed as being the paragon uh, of the Star Wars universe was was really special. And and the reaction has been special. Some people take it over the top, but I but I am so happy that so many people legitimately are enjoying this together again, no matter what your favorite part of the Star Wars universe is. It is it's pretty cool and Filoni and Favreau deserve a lot of credit for the job they've done. And yep. uh I, I'm looking forward to more. Which it, you know, before this show, I couldn't have said that. So thank you to them and uh, enjoyed watching The Mandalorian. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're getting into the Christmas spirit. So it's, it's the holiday season on the other side on The Best Damn Nerd Show. Hey, everyone. Chris Seglia here, CEO of the Tenno Media Network. I would like to say thank you for checking out one of our podcasts, but we need your help. You can support Tenno in a multitude of ways by going to our website and checking out our latest podcasts, by buying some sweet merch, joining our Discord, or getting early and exclusive access to all content via our Patreon. Your support means the world to us, and you can find everything on our website, www.10-o.gg. That's T-E-N-O.gg. Thank you again, and now, back to the show. It's me, Iron Sh- No, uh, Iron Nerd Minmaxer, Hanzo Gonzo, inviting you into Kitchen- No, 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 no. Uh, the Tenno Media Arena to see whose nerdiness will reign sup- No, no, we're gonna get sued. If you- Uh, will triumph a lot, Lee. Come check out all the battles on the Tenno Media Network Patreon, or you can just skip to the parts where Steve physically breaks something for no reason. See you there. It's the microphone alchemist Bimbo Jimbo here. Of course, formerly the Jedi Master. And we are so happy to be back delivering to you the nerdy content that you need to make it through your muggle work week. And we want to hear from you, Nerdosphere. So be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Zunes or other non-name brand MP3 playing devices everywhere, or however you consume your weekly interval. Whether you agree with me that The Last Jedi was a crime against Star Wars, or that you think that my hosting warrants being mauled by a bear, leave us a five-star review, make us laugh, smile, or cry in that review, and there is a good chance that you will hear it read on a future episode of The Best Damn Nerd Show. So be sure to rate and review us. It's the best way that you can help the BDNS keep saying it loud and proud for years to come. Welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show, and welcome to the show, Mr. Mark Trex. How you doing, buddy? Ho, 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 I'm ready. He's, How are you guys? He's ready to go. Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Christmas. Seasons greetings. Yeah, I like seasons greetings. I like I that think one happy too. Happy holidays completely like 
stole the role from Seasons Greetings. Yeah, Seasons Greetings. It's much fancier too. Yeah, I like I like Seasons Greetings as well. Also, I want to say officially on the podcast, Mark, thank you. Uh, for my birthday gift, this lovely Belching Beaver t-shirt that I'm wearing. I know it's theater of the mind tonight. We're not having a YouTube video, but thanks, Mark. A Celsi boy deserves Celsi things, dude. You're welcome. I appreciate That's it. from both of us. Oh, Happy hey. Birthday. Thanks, too. Je- I appreciate that. Actually, you do have a birthday gift on its way. It's just late. I know. I know you mentioned that. Hey, mine was late, too. Uh, and Mark, you're enjoying a nice eggnog <laughs> I see as well in a Batman Forever cup. Yes, indeed. Oh, Batman Forever oh, eggnog yeah. special with some nice Larceny whiskey. Uh, delightful. Oh, we, <laughs> Feel the spirit. We, we, we have a uh, we have an interloper. <laughs> God damn it! Hello, Davis. No, your audio is terrible. We're already recording. No, it's great. No, it's not. It's Wish the listeners a Merry Christmas, Davis. I'm going to need you to get off the call. <laughs> you guys totally want me on. No, all right. So, Davis, you're at another super spreader event. So let's let's just get that out of the way right now. So all that background noise that you got going on. Your connection live from ground zero. Your connection is trash, Davis. Your connection is trash. Okay, we tried. We tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. We're moving on. Yeah, it. Merry Christmas. I love you, buddy. Yeah, Enjoy Christmas. your super Happy spreader event, dude. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> official. 100%. Oh, yep, that's that not official. Oh, Jesus. Wait, <laughs> what what argument. Wait. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, that's who's on your side, Mark? And that's, and that's, that's the debate. And that's, that's the debate news listeners. to me. All over. Well, <laughs> Chris Davis uh, giving us the lead-in that we needed for the topic, our first holiday topic here, which is the now age-old question, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And we have... Uh, Jeff Budd on one side of the spectrum and Mark Truex on on the other. I'm I'm gonna leave it mostly to you two because that seems fair. One v one. I I laying my cards on the table. Do not believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Way to have a nice unbiased. Uh, I'm you know, I'm I'm being I'm being I'm being upfront here with everyone. So it'll be more Lincoln Douglas style. It's not like you know I'm gonna be, you know. Cutting everybody's mic off. This well, maybe is a will. sham. This <laughs> <is a> fraud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think the Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but I'll leave it to uh, to Jeff to explain why. Uh, and uh, but let's let's Mark start. Why is Die Hard a Christmas movie in your opinion? Um, I I think the contrarians should be going first by all means, because uh, I well, shouldn't have I feel, to defend I, that, the, a Christmas movie as a Christmas movie. It so didn't start out as a Christmas not, movie, though. You should start off. It's certainly at the very least when Die Hard was released was not a Christmas movie. It was an action movie. It's only retroactively even become thought well, of as one. Okay, first of all, you're not in the debate. Second of all, <laughs> That's how come point. an action movie can't be a Christmas movie? Those are two independent things that can seamlessly be blended together, if so. All right. That's not my argument. I I, I, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. I don't think that just because it's an action film, it's not a Christmas movie. I was trying to think, it's like, what are like the major arguments for why Die Hard is a Christmas movie? And I will, I'll... I'll start off by saying I understand why people do think it's a Christmas movie. And at the end of the day, if you want to consider it a Christmas movie, obviously it doesn't really matter. I don't, everybody can do whatever they want. But um, one of the reasons that it's considered a Christmas movie is obviously it takes place on Christmas Eve into early Christmas morning. 
And so time of year is why it's a Christmas movie. And I was thinking the time that a movie takes place doesn't necessarily make it a Christmas movie. And I'll use an example, a Santa Claus, Tim Allen, which is a Christmas movie. The bulk of the movie takes place throughout the year, not on Christmas, because it's about his last year of getting Scott Calvin's affairs in order. In fact, the, the most dramatic parts of the movie don't take place during Christmas because the whole thing is that they think that he's having a psychotic breakdown in trying to win his son's love by pretending that he is Santa Claus and is going against like these these great uh, extremes to do so. And it's very disturbing to have him doing Santa Claus shit in like July as opposed to December. And then I was also thinking of the episode of Workaholics where they're doing Christmas in July. Takes place in July but it's clearly a Christmas episode because it's all about them celebrating Christmas and wanting, and that's like their tradition that they celebrate the holiday in the middle of the summer, which I, I guess is something that sometimes people do because they just want to hang yeah. their lights up again. Yeah. But it's like, that is like a Christmas episode where if they had played it as a repeat, you know, in December, I would get it. So you don't necessarily need to be around Christmas to be a Christmas movie. And then, by the transitive property, if you're around Christmas, that also doesn't make you a Christmas movie because it's not about the time of year. I was listening to last week's episode and Mark actually was using a quote that I was thinking, this is how, by the base of me, this is how it works. It's, you, you know it when you see it, when like talking about like pornography, that's how I kind of feel like with a Christmas <laughs> movie. I know what a Christmas movie is when I see it. I can't explain it. I can't really break it down for you as to why. But another reason is people were saying that the story of Die Hard only makes sense on Christmas. I'll say right now, I think the least realistic thing about it is that there is that big of a Christmas party on Christmas Eve. There is no way you're going to have an office party on Christmas Eve. But second, would you consider National Lampoon's European Vacation a game show movie? Because the only reason they're taking that trip in Europe is because they won on a game show and the opening scene of the movie is them on pig in a poke where they won the entire trip to Europe. That family would not be able to afford to go to all those countries. And then people are like, but Jeff, they make a bunch of different Christmas references throughout the movie. Granted, they also make a lot of game show references throughout the entire European vacation film. They mentioned pig in a poke several times all the way up to the end of the movie. Cause Italy is the last country they go to. And that American girl that Rusty's flirting with, he mentions that he was on Pig in a Poke and she goes, yeah, I recognized you from it. I had a crush on you while watching it with my parents. So I wouldn't consider European Vacation a uh, game show movie. But at the same time, that plot needs to revolve around the game show. Now, could you rewrite the movie where maybe they got an inheritance? Maybe there was some sort of bonus like uh, the, the Vegas Vacation movie where he got his bonus. And so they were able to just take the trip to Europe. Yeah, you could rewrite it like that. And I think that would be fine. Just like I think you could rewrite Die Hard where there would just be a major office party because maybe there was just like some great merger or there was like a big uh, contract that was just made or something like that. And then that would also explain why the wife would have to be there. Because I think it's very bizarre that a Christmas Eve party would go well into the night and nobody would be asking where any of those people are, uh, especially like how many of them were parents like with young children and everything like this is incredibly bizarre to me. So the argument you're trying to make is just because it's themed around Christmas does not relate it as a Christmas movie. Precisely. Um, and I would disagree with you with the level of extent that it is Christmas themed as a whole. Because yes, it is in its entirety 
placed around Christmas. Like not only is it the Christmas party, that's why he's traveled there in the first place to be reconnected with his family to attend this party for the holidays. There's Christmas music throughout it. There's Christmas references throughout it. Uh, there's there's tons of props. Well, he's he's really just music. going to see her. He's not even expecting her to stay. Yeah, up. but but a lot of other movies and he's traveling across the country just to try to reconnect with his wife because they're estranged. That could happen at any time, and she would be like, "No, I'm staying at this party because one." I'm successful professionally without you. And I, you know, I don't need to be around you right now. And you're not really a part of my life, John, because you were too worried about, you know, your police career and not really there for me. Yeah. But that's a classic redemption story for Christmas tales is someone trying to make amends to rekindle with their family. No, I'm going to stop you right there. Cause I'm tired of this vague bullshit. When people are talking about what are like Christmas ideals and everything like that redemption, just any redemption story is a Christmas story. Now I was looking at screen rants, top 10 reasons why die hard is a Christmas movie. Let me just read some of them to you so that you can use these arguments too, Mark. There are sure. lots of twinkling lights. It's got flying yeah. things in the sky. Well, it's just like, if you're going to ignore Christmas the obvious thing, war. like it looks like Christmas, that's not a valid statement for saying it's not a Christmas movie. Friends and family gather around. You're right. All of these things that I just listed, that Screen Rant listed, are uh, strictly just for Christmas. Hans is the Grinch. He is. First of all, Gruber and Grinch both have six letters in their names. Just saying. <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence. All right. <laughs> Uh, oh, can I can I ask Mark a question? So does Marcus. Mark, <laughs> do you consider Batman Returns a Christmas movie? No, uh, and I understand where you're going. That there's some Christmas elements and parts of the holiday in there, but I wouldn't say it's an overall resounding theme of what's going on throughout the movie. Unlike Die Hard, it's not a resounding, which theme. is all about the Christmas holiday. Because I mean, you could look at other movies if you want and say, well, if it wasn't set during Christmas, it would still be a movie. Um, like, I don't know, office, like Christmas office party or uh, Mark, the night before right and all there, these bullcrap movies. That's like, well, you know, yeah, they had Christmas music and lights and Christmas trees. But, you know, if it wasn't for that, it wouldn't be a Christmas movie. It's still a Christmas movie, though. Well, yeah. And I understand where you're going from there, too, because it's that slippery slope argument. And, yeah, how much can you change a movie? And then it, it's completely not the same movie anymore. So I, I understand what you're saying. But the fact that they've made multiple diehard films that are all basically the same means that you can take that plot because and not have it around Christmas. Yeah, some are for Christmas, like Die Hard, and then others are for, you know, other times of the year. But it's like Doesn't essentially matter. the same film. And then not to oh, mention what? all the Die Hard ripoffs. Just like there was a ton of Harold and Kumar movies, and then they made a Christmas one. Just like there was Bad Moms, and now there's Bad Moms Christmas. Let's yeah. talk about the vacation movies, like Christmas Vacation. Yeah, but... Very you, much a Christmas it, movie, but, but it's just yeah, because, because they're doing Christmas all... stuff, like going to holiday parties and seeing their family with lights and music and gifts. But then all the of these would happen in Die Hard as well. But the overall plot, though, is also about him waiting for his Christmas bonus check. And the overall plot is John McClane trying to get back to his family for the holiday. No, the overall plot is him trying to just save everybody in a building from terrorists. Or I don't even know if they're actually terrorists. Weren't they really just high-profile criminals? pretending to be terrorists yeah they were trying to steal they were the european in the you know well not 80s. even all of them were european because they like, had that hacker you know so yeah whatever mm. 
It's a good movie. I don't want to pick apart Die Hard. It's a, it is that is one thing. Yeah. It is it's a great yeah. movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. I, it's the people that say it's a Christmas movie have made me like it less though because it makes me not want to watch it. Mark, w- w- uh, would you let your daughter watch this Christmas movie right now? I feel like she has seen it already. Honestly, it's a staple at the house. We watch it every year. And I'll and I'll even counter that argument, James, because it's like Black Christmas is a, a horror Christmas film. So I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can have inappropriate I, Christmas movies. Again, wait, all right, James Christmas made a movie. Face. James, you're starting to piss me off because you're doing the same thing that these people are doing. What do you think is a Christmas movie? Something that's just friendly and enjoyable? Because no, no, I, I'm just saying as I, I, w- I wouldn't, Christmas I'm just saying I wouldn't put on, yeah, yeah that's I true. That I wouldn't put on, I wouldn't, I guess like Christmas I, pornography. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And I wouldn't put that on at Christmas for my family either. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm just saying well, is I, that. I don't know which, which family members are you <laughs> That's fair. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I retract the statement in the face that I made. Continue on, gentlemen. Mark, do you have anything so, else to say as to why? So anyway, like as far as like the thematics uh, of Christmas in like those physical elements, I, I think it, it'll make it stand for that. And yeah, it doesn't have to be a family movie to be a Christmas movie. Just like there's varying shades of Valentine's movies and and spring and summer and, and all this stuff. It's just a time of year based around it. Doesn't mean it can't be enjoyed at any other time either. But uh you know, you can't ignore those pieces, but it's more than just that. I mean, if you look at let's let's dive into the, the soundtrack, for instance, right? There's a heavy amount of Christmas music throughout the soundtrack. In fact, on the official soundtrack that you can go and buy the album of, there is two Christmas songs on there. Let It Snow and Oda Joy, both very much tied in with Christmas, as well as in the film, he's whistling jingle bells you got run dmc's uh was it christmas and hollis um you know and and so it's peppered in throughout the movie as well not every movie's just playing christmas music out there especially to that degree i i think what it comes down to and you are right about that with the soundtrack i just feel that the the christmas elements of die hard are more of like a window dressing to me and i don't think either one of us is ever going to acquiesce to the other when it comes to this I just there's Christmas music playing because it's like playing in the limo because that was what would be on the radio as they're driving around on December 24th, you know, and it's like that's what's playing in the background in like an airport when you're like, that's one it's of my favorite things scene. about traveling in December is I like listening to that music. Uh, I, I like listening to the Christmas radio station when I go to and from work and stuff like right now. So, I mean, I feel like you have to include that music because of what time it is but it's not necessarily anything to do with the story i don't know i i, have... I think it builds the overall mood <laughs> and i think it's <laughs> oh yeah imperative. no I I, yeah. I I think it is necessary for the mood listen if you set a movie at that time i feel like you do have to have christmas elements that's just how it is i mean fuck if you set a movie during the summer you should have people wearing shorts and wearing sunglasses Hmm. agreed yeah. and, and you know and in this movie, they continue to add in extra just little elements like that to just keep it in theme, as you would like that. You know, some would consider uh, John McClane's pretty akin to, like, Joseph and Mary. Both of them wary travelers, you know, no. making a hard journey on Christmas, right? Uh, you got the, what, John McClane's wife's name is Holly. That wasn't just, you know... By that's on the screen, right? Well, yeah, it, I mean, I'm a <laughs> Holly. So, like, yeah, 
but they got the call or anything else. But, but I mean, but, it's, but it's just little nuances to keep tying it back in. And in fact, one of the screenwriters declared that if Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, then neither is White Christmas a Christmas movie mm. because his movie entirely takes place during Christmas and features a Christmas party with Christ-like sacrifices of John McClane walking on glass, unlike White Christmas. That's from one of the writers. All right, but then you have the star of the film saying it's not a Christmas movie. So did he didn't write it. Cancel each other out. Yeah, he didn't write. Well, it. He took a and, check. Oh, and Mark Hamill. He took a check. He took a check. Bruce Willis has been in more Die Hard films than that screenwriter. He's been attached to that character much longer. Took a check. <laughs> well, I, I think that's just a big criticism of Bruce Willis in general. Honestly. <laughs> I got nothing from, bad from to say about Bruce Willis, though. Uh, I, plenty of people who have worked with them do. Yeah, yeah. He's not on trial here. Yeah. But just saying, one of the people that wrote the film hey, I like 16 makes blocks. it a Christmas movie. No, but people who are attached to the film say otherwise. Like, I just, I can't, and also, if it's somebody who's getting royalties from the film, yeah, I would want to make it so that the movie that I get royalties for becomes a seasonal staple and is played constantly like at least a certain time of year. Unfortunately, I think I that think... being said, this episode of the best damn nerd show should be played every December. Uh, <laughs> as long as I get a, is this a, is this a Christmas episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, it says so in the title. Well, Mark is making me wary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mark's the Grinch. Much like Mary and Joseph and John McClane. Yeah. <laughs> Mark's the Grinch. Other, other fun facts, other fun facts. Let's, let's keep going. Uh, Christmas was mentioned 18 times throughout this film. Christmas itself. Because it took place on December 24th and December 25th. Yeah, exactly. Christmas time. Do do you understand what I'm talking about? Where like, if something is just mentioned, that doesn't necessarily make it so. Like, I don't, what are the underlying themes that actually attach it to Christmas? What makes it less than just the window dressing? What makes it more than like Lethal Weapon or Iron Man 3? It's him trying to come and reconnect with this family. Don't That's say not, that it's but that not. Alone Don't is say not that Christmas. it's not. That's true. I just did. But reconnecting with your family Christmas doesn't is about family. Christmas. It's about but family. But so are other things. It's him trying to reprove himself to his wife and so forth. And that's why at the end of the film, when they finally get to kind of reconnect and we get, you know, the big bad is thwarted and all that, it actually snows in Los Angeles. It snowed. That's a Christmas Day miracle. It snowed, and it hasn't snowed in L.A. since January of 1962, but it snowed that day when John McClane saved the day on Christmas, reuniting with his family. That's a Christmas miracle. But it doesn't necessarily snow on Christmas either. It's Christmas snow magic, though. That's a quintessential Christmas movie thing. No. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Definitely. All right. (laughs) Jeff, do you have anything else that you want to sort of say that, that uh, you know, makes it not a Christmas movie, uh, in your no, opinion? I, mean, I in don't terms really know of... what else needs to be stated with it. I mean, I just, it just, nobody's ever been able to tell me what exactly it is that has to do with Christmas. And now I'm seeing this weird trend where people, the same hipsters that were probably saying this was a Christmas movie to get shocked are now saying it's not a Christmas movie to piss off the, the people who are late to the game. And they're attaching Home Alone to it and saying that's not a Christmas movie. Ooh. The whole thing about Home Alone versus Die Hard is mm. the reason the kid is not scared at home is because he actually thinks a Christmas wish came true. There's uh, numerous uh, interactions with either uh, it, the church and him praying 
or Santa Claus, and then everybody come. You know, it's about families coming together, which apparently can only happen at Christmas. Actually, technically, so Christmas is about the there. birth of Christ, everyone, and I'd like to take a moment to talk about. Well, actually, that. it's about winter solstice. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Winslow's wife is pregnant. You know, Both someone else pregnant, pregnant on the holidays. Are you trying to say that Carl Winslow was cucked? <laughs> oh, let's not go there. I'm sure that's listen. What I think is important when this debate kind of comes up is people put on these these blinders. It feels like that something can't be an action movie and a Christmas movie, and to say that something's a Christmas movie uh, discredits everything else about it that it doesn't make you feel a certain jolly way, which I don't agree with. I'm not saying that there I, aren't I am Christmas a elements, and I understand why people Christmas do. Movies. Yeah, but I just don't see how exactly it is a Christmas movie when you're just using like these general platitudes as to what makes it a Christmas film. Family coming together, wary traveler. Like, I just, I don't get that. That's absurd. Like, the argument as far as like the music or how many times they use the word Christmas, it's like, okay, those things I'm starting to get, and I understand where you're coming from there. But I just, I, I other than that, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. And just, calling Hans Gruber a Grinch. I don't even understand how that's possible. First of all, does anybody remember that the Grinch is not a bad guy at the end of the, uh, his story? <laughs> that he learns his way? It's like, that doesn't happen to Hans. <laughs> he learned right at the very, very and end. And, and Hans Gruber's not even trying <laughs> yeah. to ruin anybody's Christmas. He's a bigger he bad than the Grinch. He wants in and he wants out. That's all he wants. He's a bigger bad. You're right. <laughs> I, I just I think the fundamental disconnect are that are those that believe because it's set at Christmas that it makes it a Christmas movie. I mean the over, the overall plot of Die Hard is is he's trying to save the people in the in the building. Mark, it's not about Christmas. Is that why he got on that plane? It, that that's part of the story. That's not the that's not but that's the main the setup. That's not the overall plot though. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's the really... hero's journey through, you know, Nakatomi Plaza. I get it. That helps him come to this, like, realization or, or however you want to try to frame it up. But, like, it's Christmas, dog. <laughs> yeah, it takes place during Christmas. <laughs> Mark is just nodding in agreement. Yes. I have but... to say, <laughs> while I am firmly in Jeff's camp that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, of everyone that I've heard argue that it is... Mark's done the best. Maybe it's because I'm biased and I love the guy, but uh, I, I just it was uh, it was a it was a spirited debate. It will never like Jeff. You said that I don't think any side's going to convince the other, but I do. I do think it's this very hipster thing that has taken on a life of its own, and the the Twitterverse and everything like that now seems to sort of dominate the conversation. When that is a very small part of the population, the vast majority of people do not think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but. This is a Christmas episode of the Best Damn Nerd Show, so let's take one more break. On the other side, let's come back. Let's talk about our favorite Christmas movies. Let's talk about Christmas music. Die Hard. Well, it could, it could be. Better believe it. I, I, I was waiting for that. Better believe I, it. It's not on my list, but uh, <laughs> but the, there are there are a lot of good ones you on better there. Better check it twice. And we're gonna we have a Best Damn Nerd Show secret Santa to get to as well. So more on the other side of the Best Damn Nerd Show. Hey guys. It's the loquacious anime and manga lover Jammers here. Now I have watched a lot of anime and I've read an abundance of manga. So you would think that I have a pretty interesting opinion on the culture. From classics like Golden Boy and Ghost in the Shell to masterpieces such as Psychopaths and Gangst. Come and join me as I talk about the world of anime and manga which has had a huge impact on my life. And who knows, 
whatever I talk about and recommend to you guys could become one of your favorite series. Ammo with Jammers. It's the microphone alchemist Bimbo Jimbo here, and when I'm not verbally super kicking Last Jedi fans on the Best Damn Nerd Show or fantasy casting The Rock in another movie on the DLC, well, that's when I actually get to talk about wrestling. That's right. Come join me in the wrestling war room where I take my mic to the mat and launch my hot takes about the Wednesday night war between AEW and NXT. The wrestling war room. Which side are you on? Hey, hey, nerd. Loremaster Tim here, and I've come with a rather indecent proposal. We want you to join in the conversation. If you aren't already a member of our Discord, what are you even doing? You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TheBDNS. And if you're crazy, odds are we'll talk about it on the show. So we'll get kooky, and above all, let's get nerdy. And welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show. Merry Christmas, season's greetings, everyone. And we have to welcome another nerd to the program here. He got, he got in late on a red eye here for Christmas. John Craig, how are you? Yeah, I, I apologize to everyone for showing up late. I, I didn't want to be a part of the Mandalorian conversation because I didn't want any spoilers. I do think the show sucks, but <laughs> just in case it gets better later on, I don't want to have it spoiled for me. John, where do you come down on Die Hard being a Christmas movie or not? Uh, It's not on my list. Okay, so so you're saying it's not a Christmas movie then? Did I miss the segment where you guys said Home Alone is the best Christmas movie of all time though? No, we are going no, to actually but it did come up. We are going to talk about Christmas <laughs> movies though. So, yeah, what what are uh, our favorite Christmas movies? So, John, why don't why don't we start with you then? What are, what are your like your Christmas go tos? Your your all time best? I mean, I love the Home Alones. I love uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Is that what it is? Yeah uh that's a that's a classic and i'm a sucker for all like the old claymation like 1970s classics that are surprisingly hard to get digitally to show kids these days i I like the i like the claymation do you have a do you have a a, is it is it difficult (laughs) why it is there's well there it's it's hard because there's not like one bundle where you can get them all so you have to like get one on this streaming service and get one on get one over here and it's like can't Netflix or Disney just buy these already? Yeah. I mean, you can go around if, if retail shops are still open. Uh, <laughs> and around this time yeah. of year, you can usually find like a Blu-ray copy of one of them, not bundled together right. for like seven, eight bucks. So last year I picked up the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Burl Ives oh, run, one. and my daughter loves it. So so we watch yeah. it constantly for the season. Jeff, what about you? What are what are your what are your favorite uh, Christmas movies? Uh, I like Elf a lot. I I want to put a Christmas story on this list. It's just I'm so burnt out with that one. So yeah, I don't know. That. Do you watch yeah, it 24 just... hours straight? No, and I I mean I think it's once they started doing that stream, it was just too much for me. I used to look forward to watching it when I was a kid. Um, I do like the Home Alone movies. I can I, I like the first uh the Santa Claus with Tim Allen but not the second or third one. And then I also, I don't know if you guys seen this one, but Christmas with the Cranks also with Tim Allen. Yeah. Where they don't want to celebrate Christmas. I really enjoy that. I haven't seen that one though. Yeah. That one. I I think I like that more than the Santa Claus. Until their stupid daughter comes home. She's a cutie though. Spoiler. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, all right. Well, I mean, the general premise is this, James. Uh, they have one daughter, and she's going away to college or the Peace Corps or something like that. And since she's not going to be home, and it's just the two of them, it's like, you know how much money we would save if we didn't go into the whole Christmas thing this year? And so then they were also going to go on a cruise, and mm. the whole town is kind of like very much against that because like he's not going to put up lights. He's not. Oh, is he live on like a candy cane lane or something like, like that? Not, yeah, very much usually like, that. like yeah. the big house. It's yeah, like they're, 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 yeah and they like have the big themselves. christmas party and stuff like that is very yeah so like everybody's kind of like rebelling against them there's a lot of pushback and then he digs his nose. <laughs> it's it's good it's fun it's so, so frosty. while, while yeah. we're on the the topic i growing up yeah, it's definitely on my list now just talking about it i want to see that again <laughs> mark will appreciate it too is that growing up uh, in pacific grove and having candy cane lane i thought that was unique to us i thought that was something that just we did and it was just <laughs> I was sheltered. No one else I, celebrated Christmas. <laughs> no, I didn't think that. <laughs> I didn't think put up a lot of lights. I thought I thought that we were unique in having sort of this area that's it's like if you live there, it's mandatory that you put up Christmas decorations at the time. And I was like, oh, isn't this isn't this quaint? This is so cool. We really are America's last hometown. How how wonderful is that? And then, and then like being is like, oh yeah, we I could take you down to like Candy Cane Lane. I was like, it's in Pacific Grove. And uh, apparently, uh, apparently everybody well, does now, that. <laughs> now, now everyone does those like pre-programmed. Not everyone, but there's like a there's like a house in every little small town that does those like pre-programmed light shows with to the music music where you can like tune into. Yeah. yeah, and it's like I hate to break into you guys, but like your house does not look like the videos online. Like your house fucking sucks. Your music <laughs> selection is trash. Your program looks sucks. Like get with the get with the program. You know what I mean? They should sell them as like prepackaged kits where it's already like programmed for you. You just have to lay the lights out in the proper order. <laughs> Up here, uh, where I live, there's a whole street that participates on that wavelength, and so yeah. it's like an hour and a half wait to get to drive through the neighborhood. Oh my um, god! All, like every night. <laughs> Every night, as soon as it's sundown, it's just lying. Imagine being like the one out of there who like reluctantly agreed to do it. It's like Steve, Steve like really pressured you. Like the house next, both houses next to you did it, so now you have to do it. You're just yeah. out there pissed off, like yeah. hanging your lights every like fucking Steve, dude. Such an asshole. <laughs> Mark, uh. Your favorite Christmas movie, sir. I know one that'll be on there, but go ahead. Oh, my fantastic four of Christmas movies. It is hard because I am such a cinephile and I like Christmas <laughs> movies of all kinds. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with my four first and I'll throw out a bunch of uh, honorable mentions to round it out. But uh, Die Hard, for sure. That is a Truex House staple, uh, followed by the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, That's a good one. Love it. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Again, talking about the old school claymation ones. Uh, just yeah. the entire soundtrack is delightful. Um, and Christmas Vacation, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love Christmas Vacation and Cousin Eddie and, and the whole gang. So those are definitely like my standouts. Um, but some other ones that are fun that I always like sharing with people. Uh, if if you liked Christmas with the Cranks and kind of like some silliness in that regard, Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini. Oh yeah, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Yeah, that bombs horribly because they released it in like August or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben Affleck is like this weirdo rich guy that never had a family, so he hires James Gandolfini's 
family to give him the traditional Christmas feel. So like they all have to call him son and he calls them dad and he oh dictates what they have for dinner and rent out yeah. this family and hijinks ensue. And it <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> Actually sounds like a really good Christmas movie. Yeah. I've not, yeah, I've not seen that. looks so cute. Yeah. Oh, that one's good. It's them. And, uh, was it Kath? Is it Kathleen O'Hara, the mom from, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oh, Catherine oh, yeah. O'Hara from, uh, Catherine O'Hara. Home yeah. Alone and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So she's crazy. the mom in that Moira, yeah, from Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Christina Applegate's like the daughter that comes home and throws a wrench in the whole situation and stuff Is she like that. Up in it, or what happens there? You gotta see, dude. You gotta go <laughs> check it out. Surviving <laughs> for Ben Affleck. Every movie, he's just a man without a family. He's great. <laughs> he's great. Where, where do we come down on reindeer games? I like reindeer games. Is that a Christmas movie? <laughs> I mean, it's got reindeer in the title. I haven't seen it in a long time. Like, I, I don't recall. <laughs> Inside information. Well, I, I... Takes place during Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must be. <laughs> all right, I want to put I want to put Mark to the test here, though, because you said that you're a fan of pretty much all Christmas movies. Where do you land on Hallmark Christmas movies? Ooh. They, there is some fun. I do not follow them. Do you like? I know Hallmark releases like 30 a year, and so we will watch some of those atrocious things, and and they're fun. It's fun to just watch new Christmas movies. So, yeah. um, What about Netflix Christmas movies like a Christmas Prince trilogy? Haven't watched those, but the (laughs) Christmas Chronicles, they're basically the same thing, right? It's like, it's like, yeah. It's like a it's like a woman who's like too busy with her career goes back home and something happens and then and then she like <laughs> she like re, reunites with an old flame or someone she used to have a crush on and meanwhile she has a boyfriend back in the big city but he's he's too busy for her and this young this you know this new guy or old guy old flame takes her to like a Christmas tree lot they chop down a tree they they decorate it together and they fall in love. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then the life the lifetime's a writer for the Hallmark Network. Yeah, the lifetime version of it, someone gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> the cheating yeah. husband. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually into some of those weirder off-color ones than the super sickly sweet ones. Yeah. Well, like you ever wife, see uh Oh, go on. My my wife has the Hallmark ones on like 24/7 here and they start like they're starting earlier and earlier every year. This year they started the year they started maker. before Thanksgiving this year. And it's like we cannot watch one of these every day. It's not. I don't think it's healthy. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want to throw some out. That, that Candace ha- Cameron's like in all of them. That have, uh, Lacey Chabert is in a bunch, isn't <laughs> That's she? That's her job. Lacey Chabert, yeah. She's in a bunch. Lacey Chabert is uh, a Hallmark queen. Oh, same, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. It's the same actors and actresses in all of them. They just it's, also, it's also the same promotional it's a great career scheme. to have. I'll do it. They, they do the same layout on all their posters and everything like that. Somebody, somebody showed like a whole like a 16 by 16 sort of yeah. printout of everything. They all look the same. The same, oh, same like color and wardrobe too. Yeah. I, I want to I throw I mean, some they're, out. They're that, uh, the same movie over and over and over. That, that, we, that we haven't gotten to yet. My all-time favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. And Mark's shaking his head no. That That is, to me, the, the ultimate Christmas movie, at least for me growing up uh, in my household. And rediscovering it as an adult, it, it's, it is a lot sadder and sort of uh, bleaker 
that then I really realized as a kid, you don't understand sort of the full gravity of the situation that George Bailey finds himself Christmas. in. Uh, but it is, it's a beautiful movie and it's a great Christmas movie. Uh, White Christmas uh, with Bing Crosby knew, and Danny Kaye. I knew it. Jesus Christ, dude. Anything, Giving, like, anything from our half of the century? <laughs> White Christmas is a, is a phenomenal movie. A- anything pre-Technicolor? <laughs> you, I think you mean post. Yeah, yeah, see, Mark likes White Christmas. Yeah, yeah. White great, Christmas is good. It's, no, a, it's a great no. movie. Uh, I also would, in terms of the claymations, I, I agree with uh, Mark. I think Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is is sort of the the most you know iconic one of, of those. No, dude, Santa Claus is coming to town. Who doesn't like a young Santa Claus? <laughs> No. I don't know. I was always more about Rudolph. Like him. No one likes a skinny Santa. <laughs> I was more more about Rudolph. And I, I I have the Christmas story on there as well, but I like Jeff. It's at this point, it used to be such a treasure to watch it. You know, you'd look forward to watching it at Christmas time. Now it's just oh. it it's too, it's on too much now. So it's it's I haven't seen it in years. It, it's just uh it got kind of done to death. And my honorable mention would be the original Miracle on 34th Street. Not that remake with the girl from Matilda. What is your problem with Dylan McDermott? (laughs) No problem. Gorgeous in it. No problem. (laughs) Mrs. Doubtfire. No problem. Uh, yeah, Yeah, whatever. The little girl from uh, yeah Matilda. That's how I know her. I, I the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street is, is where I come down. Those those are those are my Christmas. They're both movies. good. Oh man, don't be crapping on the nineties. I'm not. I'm not crapping on the nineties. I'm just. I'm just saying. I like. I like my original. Dylan McDermott is automatically at least a seven. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful life, though. That's where it's at. His eyes are. So it's a wonderful cool. life. So like, I'd like the movie, but to me, it's not. Christmassy enough. It's like the last scene, really. You get some Christmas in there, and that's it. And, and, and you're, it's you're, you're not you're not wrong. And yeah. it, it, I didn't want to necessarily bring it up, but it is it is a movie that sort of post release has become more a Christmas classic because of copyright laws, and it does have Christmas elements. And it is way more sort of the spirit of Christmas. And everything. But as Jeff pointed out uh, earlier, that the Santa Claus takes place mostly not on Christmas as well. Uh, but it is very much so about more those those themes uh, and everything with that. But wh- it, It's a Wonderful Life really became such a Christmas classic because it was you know fair use and all of the TV stations could play it and everything like that. And so it just became this this Christmas classic. And I really I love that it's referenced in Batman the Animated Series as uh, I've never as a, seen it. As a Christmas, yeah, it's. It, I think that's so great. Uh, I just, I, I, I love that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely my number one, for sure. And and rediscovering it as an adult that's had now life stresses and everything. My dad and I watched it together last year, all from start to finish for the first time in a long time, and we both just, you know, had tears in our eyes. There's some like really tough stuff in there. But it, it's uh, but it all turns out all right in the end. It's a beautiful movie, uh, so I encourage anyone. I, I I encourage anyone. Yeah, if you haven't seen it for a while, do yourself a favor, watch it again, and watch White Christmas too. There's, God, there's some great music in White Never Christmas. Seen it. Oh my gosh, it's so yeah. good. It's on Netflix uh, right now. Watch that at least. White, it's on Netflix. White Christmas is good. But I did watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life with my wife last year because she had never seen it. She hated it. Because the whole time you hear about It's a Wonderful Life and like what it's supposed to be about, it's about this guy that see how his life was different and he changes, right? That's literally like the last like 20 minutes of the movie and that's it. And it's like two and a half hours long. 
or something. It's, it's it's like two hours. It's funny that you bring that up, Mark, because when we were going, I was a kid, and my my dad was divorced from my my mom. They're still friends, but he brought over some some girl that he was dating, and it was around the holiday season, and we were going to watch It's a Wonderful Life, and this changed his whole opinion of her. And she's, <laughs> oh, how long is this movie? And and she went, and she goes, two hours. And my dad still to this day references that and how much he hated hearing her say that. And that, that was that was a wrap on that that relationship at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so he loves It's a Wonderful Life, just like me. I'm sorry that Joe didn't like it, Mark. Yeah, she's always like, I've always heard about this thing. It's about how the world's different with him, like without him in it. But in reality, that's just like the twist reveal at the end of the movie. And so for it being around for so long, like that's what people like, Oh, that's what this movie's about. That's supposed to be like the the little twist that makes it exciting, I guess. Wait, then what is the movie about? Like I said, I haven't seen it since I was a kid and I only so, saw it once. So the, What's like the bulk of it? Just basically the bulk life? of it is his life and it's just slowly getting worse and worse until the very end where he wants to like kill it's not, himself. It's not getting and worse and worse. What it would oh, be hey, like what, if he wasn't what, alive, how much well, he it would have been worse. Himself. And it's like, yeah. cool, never mind, I'm not dead. And then like, well, they he, play it, yeah, it's about ring and the angel got his wings. Yeah, it's about his, him realizing just how, even though you might not see it, that you impact so many other people's it lives. impact on the world, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful yeah. story. So it doesn't uh, even I've seen the episode of Married with Children where they did it, and Al Bundy didn't kill himself, so. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, what about Christmas music? When is, when is it appropriate to start playing it? When are, what are some of your favorite songs? Jeff, we'll start with you. Black Friday. Although, my I talked to my wife about it today, and she goes, well, what if thanksgiving is late in the year like it was this year it's like maybe like mid-november and it's like okay i'll allow that i feel like sometime in november is when it should start though i know it started earlier this year and it gets earlier and earlier every year because the radio stations that play christmas music that's usually like their most popular time it's of the year, and, and so that's why they do it i feel like if you stretch out the season too much it takes the magic away from it like you don't want to listen to christmas music all the time and then i I don't want you to like overshadow the other holidays. Let them have like a little time, you know, to be in the sun. Uh, and then my favorite Christmas songs, I really like We Three Kings and I like uh, Oh Holy Night. I like a lot of the religious ones, I guess. And, oh, and um, I like uh, the, the Mariah Carey one, of course. And I like, um, oh, shit, I can't think of what it's called. It'll like come to me, but it's like the one that they always play in movies when somebody's trying to get from one place to the other and like they're, they're oh they like, like do that. it in homo oh yeah, yeah yeah um you know what i'm talking about like whenever i'm in the airport like I've, I've gone to visit james a couple of times throughout the years for his birthday which is right there in december i love listening to that song in the airport is it the like, sad one just, or are you, are you talking about i'll be home for christmas no not i'll be home for christmas the other one um like christmas and snow's coming down like that oh that yeah, yeah 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 uh, I, I like listening. It's like I just gotta get home. I just gotta. Yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. I love. It reminds me of that Jonathan Taylor Thomas mm-hmm. movie uh, uh, where he's got the. Oh yeah, the yeah. Suit on. I'll be home for Christmas or whatever, and he can't get the suit off. It's like been. <laughs> it's, it's been glued to him. It's like a weird <laughs> prank. Well, it's not a great movie, but I like it. What a great premise. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to be home in time for Christmas because. Uh, like i don't know he's like some douche or whatever and his dad said if if you want like money or something like you have to be home and celebrate christmas with your family but i don't know put that one on the list too to watch (laughs) i i have not seen that actually i remember the trailers though before i never saw it though 
Yeah, it's when he was striking out on his own. I think he left home improvement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mistake. That's all he did. <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Uh, Mark, how about you? Your your when is when do you start playing Christmas music, or when do you allow it? And what are your Christmas songs? I agree with Black Friday, absolutely. Because uh, that weekend after Thanksgiving, I flip my whole house and we we go fully. Decorated. Yeah, that's the kickoff of the, se- yeah. the season. I feel, and that's usually like when all the intense like neighborhoods. I feel like that's when they do the transition because a lot of people have like that three day weekend at least or maybe four day weekend. So it's like, that's when you're doing the transition. You've got time mm-hmm. to like, put up your decorations and stuff. And everybody's like in holiday mode. Now it's like, it's Christmas time. Do your shopping yep. and yeah, get the decorations out. Yep. So start tree. playing it everywhere. We start playing it in the house. We throw on some records Hell and yeah. uh, start decorating. I uh, got the Christmas album for star Wars, not the holiday <laughs> special. This is actually the Star Wars Christmas album with R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb? It's delightful. <laughs> it has Anthony Daniels and R2-D2 reprising their roles. It's great. <laughs> the, the comb but just yeah. cued me for, if you haven't seen a good rendition of Gift of the Magi, that's a, that's a great uh, little Christmas movie slash story. It's more of a Love short it. story. But yeah, it's a that's a beautiful one. Mm. What, so what are your actual Christmas songs though, mm. Mark? So so my my four Christmas songs is of course Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Hell yeah. She sings like an angel. Uh that one's great. Uh a new favorite of mine uh from the last, let's call it maybe three, four years, not sure when the album came out, maybe longer, is a uh, Justin Bieber's Little Drummer Boy featuring oh. one Busta Rhymes. <sighs> and man, they get down on that little drummer boy beat Ugh. yeah it's Why good said beat. it is good <laughs> <laughs> you look it look it up look it up uh buster rhymes is incredible and you never felt christmas so hard in your body than when you hear their rendition of Pass. little drummer boy check it uh wham's like last christmas boy. oh beauty that's a great one beautiful song uh, George Michael, yeah. yeah, and uh, final one, Twisted Sisters version oh of I'll God. Be Home for Christmas. What's wrong with it's you? It's so What's no, wrong with you, you? dude. D Snyder nails it. it, it makes you feel so hard. Like, I, I'll Be Home for Christmas is one of my favorite Christmas songs, but his Christmas version mixed in with the guitar solos is great. I'll get you, Mark. Check it out. <laughs> check it out you will do yeah. yourself a favor new favorite for many of you listening gotta go uh, you know a christmas song <laughs> with with nat king cole you know bing crosby white christmas little drummer boy the og version uh and i'm a toss-up between silver bells and do you hear what i hear um just uh b- beautiful music no, no well, actually actually I'm, I'm remiss no you gotta you gotta have all i want for christmas is you by mariah carey that that one that's as new as I get with my Christmas music. After that, just stop making it. That's she she she's the only new contribution that I that I think was actually good. Everything else, no thank you. I used to love working retail during the holidays and just hearing that on the, the It's a great song. Whatever when you're like stocking shelves and stuff. You just get into it. It's a legitimately great song. I, I, I do I do love it, but for the rest of it I go I go super old school. John, how about you? I'm going to say Carol of the Bells. 
uh, as an homage to Home Alone. Uh, nice. Rudolph mm. the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because I like the storytelling. Mariah Carey's thing, just, it's just a good one. And Baby It's Cold Outside, because I just think, you know, it's just a cute little little love story. There's nothing wrong with that song. that song. Yeah. There's, it's an Academy yeah. Award-winning song. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, a young couple flirting, you know. That actually is all it is. Yeah, that's that is People that have is these weird connotations nowadays. It's like that's not what the song is. Look, I feel, I feel like if you listen to that song and you hear anything besides just innocent, flirtatious fun, it's you projecting your own. Yeah, just because we're degenerates now. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just because we're worse doesn't 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 yeah. mean we have to drag <laughs> that song down with it. All right, I, I had a whole yeah. other yeah, bit. It really is like a Rorschach test. Yeah, of what you hear. Yeah, no, it really is. I just, yeah. I just, I guess I like Christmas songs that like have a story element to them, though. Yeah, it's telling you something. I, I, it's how I you like Star Wars shows too. Oh, then you like uh, Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great one too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I had a whole thing about talking about gifts that we wanted and stuff. Maybe we'll save that for next Christmas because we are getting late into into the night and we still have to do our secret Santa. Uh, and I, I know uh, I know you yeah. probably All got I it want for Christmas is you guys. Well, and and you got it. Look at that. So your Christmas wishes come true. Uh, and I'm also remiss for not saying Man, that Christmas. home Al- home alone is definitely on my my. I think I would take the place of a Christmas story actually on my list of Christmas mm-hmm. movies. It's just it's such a fun watch every, every time. But let's let's do it. We had Secret Santa. Um, I don't know how you guys do you really. Have li- do you have the list of like who got who? No, I have I have no idea. So we we might have I to. Think re- we'll just admit who we got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is anyone yeah. else on? <laughs> no, nobody. Nobody else could make it home for Christmas to, to the know. best damn nerd show. Uh, I'm this a little, party isn't even on Christmas Eve. I'm a little worried. Early in in host chat. I'm a little worried that oh, my yeah, good point. that my secret Santa uh, is not going to get his gift because he's moving. And I, and so, uh, oh, I got, I got, I got, you got, I got Timothy Childs. Uh, so what you got him. I, I got him. Uh, I want I'll tell you what I tried to get him first. I tried Something to get him. I tried to get him a poster of his World of Warcraft character, I, and not, and not even Ooh. his. Ma- I tried to find Sionin, and I wanted to get him oh a poster of of Sionin. That character doesn't even exist. Anymore. I know, I know, but I, but I, but I looked for a really long time. I don't even think they're doing the posters thing anymore. So I was, mm-hmm. I was disappointed about that. Uh, because Aren't that, you the one obsessed with that character? Tim moved on. Tim did move on, but I, but the fact that but the fact <laughs> that he is given it, like moo cow moo or something. Yeah, yeah, no, he texts me. Sianan says moo. Uh, so, but the fact that he is given a WoW character poster as a Christmas gift, I wanted to sort of bring it bring it all back around to him and everything. Uh, but what I did, I I, I found these really cool. Uh, nerdy travel poster like renderings on Etsy, uh, and so I got him a three pack. Uh, one is uh, "Come Visit Bossing Say," and so it's up on the hill. Uh, so from Avatar: The Last Airbender, and it's got the tree with uh, with Iros the the little portrait of Iros' son and stuff, and then like then it like goes down towards Bossing Say. One's "Welcome to Diagon Alley." And then the other one is uh, Welcome to Rivendell. So they're like retro style travel posters, yeah, but from awesome. from oh, Nerdy World. Seen stuff like that before. Yeah, Very so cool. yeah, so I figured I, I figured too. So he's moving, and they're like, they are beautiful pieces of art. So they're, I feel like they're non offensive for the aesthetic of a new house if he if he does so choose that yeah. he actually wants to yeah, yeah, yeah. decorate with them. I, I, I will ding you though, because it sounds like you went over the 
price limit, but you know, it is Christmas. So I, I actually, I don't think, I think I got a pretty good deal. So I don't even remember what our price uh, limit was. 30 was the limit. Okay. So I went like a little over, but not, not much. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Mark, another digit, but, who'd, you, who'd you get, Mark? <laughs> and what did you get, I guess, is now what we're moving on to that portion. I got a Mr. Jonathan Craig. Oh, so I guess, John, you should open up your gift then and see what uh, what's oh, inside. You, you took the whole fun out of guessing, although I, oh, I was guessing that it was Mark that got that got my gift. Oh, so, Did you already open it? Like, like a... I've already yeah, he said he couldn't help himself. Oh, I thought he was joking. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you know, as a kid... As a kid I figured on he knew. As a kid on Christmas, <laughs> I would I would shake my gifts, and now as an adult, if you send me something in an Amazon box, I'm just even if it says <laughs> that it's the Pollyanna gift, I'm just gonna rip it open and see what it is because I'm so excited. So, Mark got me a World of Warcraft coloring book. That's right. Uh, with different it's hours scenes, of fun. Yeah, with different <laughs> scenes and cool. Uh, imagery from the world of Warcraft, different characters and like full screens. So that'll be really, really fun to color with Mason. And then nice. Mark also got me a World uh, of Warcraft, you, World of Warcraft Mega Blocks uh, Goblin Shredder model that I will put together shortly. Delightful. Activities. <laughs> I like Activities, that Activities yeah. for you and your son. Perhaps someday yeah, those will be I, in the I, Toy I, Hall of Fame. I love it. I mean, I'm not going to let him touch the or the box shredder. that came in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he can. But I'll definitely. I'm looking forward to coloring with him because we we got him a lot of coloring stuff for Christmas. So we'll be oh, able to fun. do that together for a long time. Yeah. There you go. That's one I of the like best that. part of kids is getting to indoctrinate them with the things you like. I know. So. Here's World of Warcraft. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> I need you to roll a healer. So I guess Mark, <laughs> you you should open your gift now, Mark. So Merry Christmas, John. Thank you, Mark. Very, very good gifts. <laughs> yes, I got two things in the mail. Mark doesn't actually know which one is his, uh, is his gift. It's true. I don't. I mean, neither of them are notated. One of them is going to uh, be coffee filters. So we'll just put that one aside. Yeah. <laughs> that or it's like definitely a summons <laughs> or something. So. That's some oh, good rip go. audio. He's opening. He's opening. Theater of the mind. <laughs> That's some good foley work by Mark there. <laughs> it's a uh, a John Cena approved koozie because I like nice. my beverages and I like my fingers warm. <laughs> nice. I can't see the koozie. <laughs> yeah, well, Mark's holding up nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. <laughs> we hold up fire. I loved it. <laughs> can't fool me. <laughs> can't see me. Ah. John Cena, I love his movie, The Marine. Fantastic film. I love his Fred trilogy. <laughs> you love his what? Was he in Fred? Oh, he's, yeah, uh, he Fred was. He was. Yeah, he was great in Fred. <gasps> oh, my <laughs> God! Mark got Fred. I wonder, the who, Mark, three I wonder movie, who got Mark. The three-movie collection. Oh, my God. Mark just opened a, the Fred movie collection box set. Oh. I hope you do like John Cena. <laughs> well... Maybe Let's they both were from. I, bet, I haven't I, seen them. Oh my god! <laughs> so, I, we can assume that Wait. Adam Zika got Mark Truex then. Executive executive producer Adam Zika was a part of. It. He was. Yeah, we brought we brought Zika back to be a part of Secret Santa. <laughs> so I guess. Oh my god. So I can I assume that he got Mark. I'm going to text him right now. 
I like that he's listed as WWE superstar John Cena in the credits. Not just the type up, but the actual credits. <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of when The Rock used to just go by The Rock, then he was Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and now he's just Dwayne Johnson. You gotta, you need that WWE yeah. superstar. Gotta part. get that, that sprinkle yeah. that WWE dust on him. This is a surprise. <laughs> that is Thanks, hilarious. Adam. I I would imagine. I assume, but what if it's what if it's Jeff? <laughs> yeah, Jeff. That was a little it, it, on I know, the nose. I said that. I know. That, <laughs> that was, was a little, little on the nose. nose. I did not get Mark. Should I say who I got? Uh, are they here? The They're not here right now. No. Okay. They're yeah. Go ahead. I got Adam Zika. Ah. Terrific. You got and Zika. I. Purchased for him the full collection of Batman Forever trading cards that he used to collect. That's amazing! And and I sent him anonymously a riddle, like one of the riddles in Batman Forever. (laughs) I, I sent him over that elf chat thing. I go, I'm covered, but not with clothes. On the day I come, it usually snows. Who buys me won't own me. What's inside is a mystery. What am I? Oh my god! <laughs> but he never responded. I because I feel like Adam <laughs> you was stopped him. Discussed Batman Forever one time, and he talked about how stupid the riddles were. So I was hoping you would get a kick out of you that. You stumped maybe, him. Maybe a clue as to what it is that he got, but I never heard back from him. So I, 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 he should have received it. I want to say yesterday or today. So I hope it got there. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I just texted him, so I'll follow up if he, if he responds. That's an amazing gift, though. Uh, Please we... do. Um, oh, may I open my Yes. I, I've been waiting a couple of days now. Ooh, what? Oh! I got the Back to the Future Back in Time board game. I've seen this. Oh, my God. Ooh. I almost bought this not that long ago. <laughs> I'm so glad I did <laughs> Oh, well, it teaches me a lesson for buying too many board games for myself. I'm so glad I didn't do that. Oh, this looks great. Yeah, you should refrain from buying board games after, like, September each year. And just see what you get. See, I see what That's comes out in the wash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am so stoked to go. Th- it actually comes with miniatures and a little DeLorean, too. This is very cool. That has to be from Davis, right? It is from Davis. Okay. I, okay. I was oh, man, I was just going to guess. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, no worries. <laughs> No, oh, guess, guess again. <laughs> because the past few days, I've just been trying to guess who it is that I could have had. And it's like Tim already outed himself that he had gotten Seglia. And Seglia oh, yeah, said we that, shouldn't talk about that gift. Yeah, and Seglia said that his gift wasn't going to arrive in time. And I was like, all yeah. right. Unless Seglia was purposely lying to try to throw people off. I was like, he wouldn't do that. That's too much. I, somebody messaged me asking for my address. So I was like, it's not James and it's not Mark. And so I was like, it could either be like John or Davis. And then when I saw the BDNS with my name and then Davis had organized all this, I just had a feeling I had gotten Davis or that Davis had gotten me. It's a very Davis gift too. Very thoughtful. Very cool. I really like this. I'm excited to play. And yeah, and Davis is a big board game aficionado too. So he knows me well. This is very cool though. I'm super excited. Did you guys see the cover? It looks it's awesome. Really cool. our, our very own uh, miniatures. lore master Timothy nice. Childs got final boss Chris Seglia. And he got he got Segs a Street Fighter, I guess was it mouse pad? 
It's a mouse pad because yeah. the the raised part is amongst to, like, other things. <laughs> it's a mouse pad, but it is a very busty Street Fighter character, like just accentuating her her bosom, just heaving out of her her bra. And yeah. I don't even know what character yeah, it is. Is that Cammy? <laughs> her name it's Karen. It's it's the character's name is Karen, and yeah, we're the we're like the on some mouse pads it has you have like the built in like gel. Like, oh yeah. Wrist. Older yeah. or whatever, and in this instance, it's her breast. Yeah. Yeah. It was just great and, how and how Segs went to chat. Did one of you forget to put the yeah. note BDNS on your gift? Because uh, I just yeah, got yeah, yeah. this in the mail. <laughs> well, well, Seglia's wife just like opened the package without because <laughs> it wasn't like you know Tim didn't write anything besides just Chris. And so she opened the package, and that's what it was. And she was like, what the hell is this? Lots of questions. <laughs> yeah. What, what a classic uh, Tim gift, too. <laughs> I, I feel it's like... very cool. I, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that, that is great. I hope Seglia uses it. I, I hope so, too. I mean, I, I'm sure that's a very, probably a very uh, good mouse pad. You know, there's a lot of a lot of room to rest your wrist there. So probably Looks very comfortable. Cool. Yeah, very yeah, comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. Very comfortable. All right. Is it just me then? Did John do his who he? Oh, oh I think. Hmm. All right. Just you. What is this? James is unwrapping the gift. I got World of Warcraft exploring Azeroth, the Eastern Kingdoms. Holy sh! This looks awesome. This looks like an art book. It's really nice. It looks like a lot of lore. Yeah, gonna, it does look like a lot of lore. Hold on here. I'm gonna See, now you don't even have to waste time I'm playing open games. Open up further. This 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 yeah, looks you don't even, you this don't looks even have beautiful. To, like, run to the quest giver, you just read it's the quest. From the, the shining towers of Silvermoon to the sulfurous Blackrock Mountain to the white stone castles of Stormwind, the Eastern Kingdoms are vast and full of wonder. Oh, this looks really cool. I'm gonna hold it up for the boys here. I like Ooh. it. That, that looks really good. Yeah. I love maps. That looks great. <laughs> Yeah, this looks like a really cool... Oh, is this a lore book or is this an art book? I think it's both. I, I think it's a mix of both. That looks really this cool. This is wonderful. Oh, this is so... And this is this is the area of the world that I actually really love, too. This is my this is right in my wheelhouse here. Yeah, well, the beasts of the wild aren't 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 allowed on Eastern Kingdom. Yeah, this is great. John, John, were you my secret Santa? I was, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a great gift. Thank you, dude. I was trying to find an Uther like weapon or some some like statue or something, but I also in my back pocket knew that that this book had like a lot of lore and art in it, and so given the given the proximity to Stormwind and and all that stuff, I was like, ah, oh, this this is perfect. Yeah, no, this Plus, really I is need, perfect. I need I need you to be caught up on the lore because I don't read the quest, so I need to like hit you up every once in a while and be like, hey. This I'm encountering this thing when I play the game. Like, what is this related to? Oh, this is me. amazing. I love this. Thank you. That's yeah, awesome. I'm gonna have to read it when I when yeah, I come visit. Yeah, come visit. Well, it's uh, you know it now makes sense. You were you were messaging me on Discord earlier about how I should start a new WoW character and just do a lore based uh, Twitch stream on it. So. Uh, it was unrelated to the gift, but I do, I do think that was entertaining. <laughs> like, it, I mean, honestly, because so, so many people who stream WoW or, or like make content around WoW, like focus on PvP or like raiding or whatever, it would be cool to have someone go in who's like focused on the story and talks about the story because no one really talks about it, but there's a lot there. 
I, I'm, I'm down. Thank you very much. Well, I think that is a that is a perfect ending point for this best damn nerd show Christmas special here. I, I think the Secret Santa stuff was a great success. Mark, you look like you got something to say. That's delightful. I love you guys. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It was, yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, you guys. The, the greatest, the greatest gift of all is uh, having so many great fans and listeners in the Discord chatting with us. And there's so it's. I'm amazed at how like active the Discord is now, and how many great conversations are happening there every single day. Yeah, I think I think that's very well Except said. The anime channel, we're gonna we're gonna remove. The anime. No, the anime channel is is thriving. The anime channel is is that's all I want. That in my memes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, bestdamnerdshow.com slash discord in John's sentiment is is very well placed because uh, we are very thankful to all the the listeners of the show and all the all the interaction. Uh, I I love our Discord. I love talking with you guys uh, and girls. So Merry Christmas, Nerdosphere. Seasons greetings. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful time with uh, with you and your loved ones. And with that, have a great week, everyone. And remember, if you're a nerd, always say it loud and say it proud. Hey, everyone. Chris Seglia, CEO of the Tenno Media Network here. Thank you so much for listening to our content. But we need your help. Please rate us five stars, subscribe, and give us a shining review wherever you listen to this podcast. It really, really helps us out. And one more thing. Please tell a friend if you can. Tell them Tacey Steve, Hanzo Gonzo, Mark Mann, Rip, Ricky Replay, or someone who everyone loves sent you or something. That might help. Anyway, again, thank you for listening. And if you want more, make sure to check us out at www.ten-o.gg. www.ten-o.gg. You're listening to the 10010 Media Network.